Hey, Hot Family community, thank you for joining in. If you're new, welcome to the Hot Fam. I hope that you subscribe and join in on our community dedicated to helping kids become successful student athletes and individuals both on and off the field. And today is going to be a special day because myself, Coach Drexel, and a great athlete and catcher, Chris Soto, will be joining in today to discuss about the relationship between catchers and pitchers and what makes a bad one and what makes a great one and I am so 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 grateful to have Christian Soto with me. Christian you there? Yep thank you I'm glad to be here. What what is your experience so far playing as a catcher because I've been watching you and I just see a hard athletic working kid which is what stands for Hawk. Hawk stands for hard athletic working kids and when I saw you I said this is the definition of a hawk this is the guy who's really putting in the work and the dedication so I'd love to hear and have other people who are listening here what is your goal what's your experience in baseball when I was a lot younger I used, I used to be a first baseman actually and then I moved over to shortstop and not until recently maybe around 12 years old that's when I transferred over to catcher so I used to pitch while I was at it so I couldn't take catching and pitching but I had to drop pitching for catching that's just that's my goal and it's just it's very uh rapid rise rapid rise for the past two years because i had to really you know ramp it up because a lot of a lot of kids have been catching since they were younger and i i transferred over kind of late so i have to really get used to it but I, I i love it that's awesome what's your goal with catching are you are you looking to play pro are you looking to, to work towards college what's the yes. end goal as far as being a catcher for you uh absolutely my my dream was is that definitely the mlb but my my what i definitely want to go is go to college that's play play ball that sounds awesome i actually uh i see when i, I when i watch you and i see all the content that you're posting on instagram and everything i see someone who who's definitely putting in the work now it's just gaining the knowledge and experience to be able to get to that point and, and i'm looking forward to seeing your growth and your accomplishments in the next couple of years uh, i just see success and progress in you man thank you yeah hopefully our work pays off yeah yes sir so let's get into the the relationship between a pitcher and a catcher because i think this is one of the biggest things that doesn't get talked about very often it may be get touched on and they'll be like, yeah, you got to have a good relationship with your cashier. But I mean, I want to dive in today with you as far as what you think and what I'll share on my end as a pitching and as a pitcher. Um, so I, I want to see and dive into first, let's talk about what makes a bad relationship and then we'll dive into what makes a good relationship between a catcher and a pitcher. So can you, can you go ahead and share on your end like, what are some things that makes you feel uncomfortable or not want to be um, in that relationship with a pitcher? Well, I, I think a bad relationship is when you don't have trust. Because in my opinion, if you can't trust the pitcher and the pitcher can't trust you, the game won't go smoothly. You're going to have constant cross-ups. You're going to not have that um, the smooth ride through the whole entire game with the chemistry between the pitcher and the catcher. But if the pitcher and the catcher aren't on the same page, a lot of the time, or constant timeouts, or you just won't be as good as you would be if you have trust trust in each other. 
Okay, let's let's talk about more about the trust then. Is that is that more so about like my let's say for me for example I'm the pitcher you're the catcher right? Is it gonna be my ability to hit my location and my ability to you know throw my pitches correctly, or is it more so about like hey you know I know he's doing his best and I have a relationship with him because he's consistently you know working with me and doing what he can with me. I think it's both because you need to trust that I hit his spots, but at the same time you need to trust the pitch needs to trust you and, what, and the uh, the numbers you're putting down because if you can't trust that um, that you think that say curveball is the best scenario there, he's gonna shake you off. So and as a catcher, you need to trust your pitcher that he's gonna hit your spots, hit his spots because then if not, you're gonna constantly moving around a lot. But if he's gonna hit the spot, you you can afford to call. Say a two-one curveball and inhabiting for a strike against the power hitter. Got you. So it, it, it's a combination of like, hey, you know, obviously you want to hit your spot, and if you are hitting your spot, it gives us as a team, you and I, the pitcher and the catcher, the ability to do more because we know, like, hey, yeah, he can he can hit his spot and hit his pitches, so I can challenge him in different areas. And not only that, but would you agree with me that? Um, one of the biggest bad situations to be in is where there's literally not only is it no no trust, not just because they can't you know hit their spot because of course every pitcher is gonna have their bad day, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, what about like you just sincerely just don't like this pitcher because of maybe who they are or the way they treat you? Like, what are some things that you personally have experienced or maybe seen? Um, where you see that that ticks off the catcher or does it create friction between catcher and pitcher? Yeah. A lot of the times that you'll see a catcher and pitcher have a bad relationship off the field or before the game, they just don't they just don't click the right way. But during the game, you need to find that, that chemistry between you and the pitcher because if not, there's no way you guys can work through six, seven innings or nine innings through, through all that without having any issues. So I really think that you need to work with the pitcher and really talk to him. You can't just go through the whole entire game being pissed off with the pitcher. <laughs> yeah, definitely very true. And, and what what would you say would be a good indication or maybe a thing to do as, as both sides? I'll, I'll share what I think pitchers can do to solidify a good relationship. And I, I, I think we can move forward to maybe the good side. Um, what are some things that you feel that catcher could do to build better relationship with the pitchers? I think the catcher definitely needs to understand the situation, understand, say, the pitcher just let up a home run, he's probably down. So instead of you trying to give him, like, criticism or anything like that, try to just, you know, change, not change the topic, but maybe uh, bring up the mood, go out and talk, and just give him a break, you know? That's, and you also need to be approachable, meaning if she, if he if he wants to go go up and talk to you, let him know he's not happy with like your pitch call, and he can do that. Say that again one more time because I want to make sure that we all understood that. The I I believe that the the pitcher needs to trust the catcher to be approachable, because if I can't trust my catcher that I can go up and talk to him and to let him know I'm not happy with say the pitch calling or I wanted to move over, then I I just can't talk to him. Then there's no communication. Which then results to no ability to actually adjust and make 
navigation through the whole the whole seven nine innings, right? Yeah, because then you, there's a lot of adjustments during during the game, whether it's one or two pitches or whether it's a couple innings worth you know, of adjustments. You need to make a lot of, a lot of adjustments throughout the games. But if you can't have that communication with your pitcher to make those adjustments, you'll never be able to 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 work your work your way through the whole entire game. Yeah. And I, I, and I would say also for pitchers, like we have to be willing to, to listen to the catcher too. They're like, hey, you know, you're because at the end of the day, the, the catchers actually see more movement or see the uh, initiation of what the pitcher is doing than we do. So I think a lot of times we got to understand like, hey, you know, when the pitcher, the catcher is saying, hey, I'm I want you to do these pitches because they clearly aren't hitting you. Like, if you don't have that solid relationship, obviously, some people might just blow that off. Like, I, for example, my last game, my catcher, he, he came up to me. He's like, hey, you know, it seems like your your changeup and your fastball is good. Your curveball is, is, is it's a hit and miss. And you're blowing your fastball through by them. So, let's just stick with fastball and, and changeup for the rest of the game. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And so then I resulted to one, two, three strikeout in the next inning. And then I was able to continue to move forward in the right direction only because I was willing to listen and hear out what my catcher sees and he his knowledge of what's going on too. Yeah, that also works vice versa. That the pitcher can talk to you, let him know that he wants to work, work, work differently with his batter or work differently with this inning because of the way he's feeling. You know, he's not feeling right with his changeup, his fastballs. He's running up too much, so he wants to rely on other pitches. The catcher doesn't know how he's feeling. So the pitcher also needs to talk to the catcher, too. Absolutely, absolutely. So the communication is going to be a huge component in a great relationship. And then the trust. So we, we discussed, you know, trust is going to be a huge component, too. The relationship then there's gonna be the aspect of communicating um and that's the great component now i think the next component that might be the biggest thing is like hey you know you got to be willing to to not only be able to receive information but also be willing to give it so i think when it came down to my game as well i i often had to talk to my catcher about leaving his glove down um, because he he would let it, he would just dangle his glove and then when it, when I go to pitch then he brings it up and so it was a little difficult for me to to see like okay he's ready you know it just made me feel uncomfortable as a pitcher I was like he's not necessarily going to be able to react quickly if it if I do not hit my spot or anything and it still could be a strike but it missed then umpires usually from a missed pitch. Regardless of where it is, a lot of times they'll miss it and say that it's a ball. So for me, I was like, hey, can you make sure that your your glove is up and ready to go when I, I'm already about to load and pitch? Yeah, I, I think that it also helps the pitcher see the location, see where you want it. And it d- definitely helps with accuracy, uh, helps your pitcher be more on point. But one thing I, I believe is huge is being able to have a catcher you can block because if the pitcher can't, to throw a curveball in the dirt and have it and without it going behind you, then when you're 0-2 or 1-2, you want to throw something in the dirt, the pitcher doesn't trust trust you for you to block the ball. Yeah, to get the batter right. to chase, right? Yeah, to get the batter to chase when you want to throw a ball in the dirt, 
or even if it's they're the power hitters up, man on third, you have two outs, one and two count, and you're trying to get them to swing and miss. If you can't trust a catcher to block the ball, then you're not going to want to throw the pitch, and that might be the out pitch that you need. Got it, got it, got it. I would agree. I would agree. I would definitely agree that, you know, and that comes back down to the truck, right? Yeah, it definitely does. That's that's something you need to build up over time, I think. Yeah, and, and what, what are some things that you feel that, that could solidify that trust? You know, because, of course, uh, let's say, because, for example, my, my catcher, he's brand new. Him and I never pissed together. But I think by approaching it in a way that I did, which was, hey, this is my catcher. Um, I brought him, I brought him water. I talked to him. I would be there with him and just solidifying a relationship and communicating with him. And for me, that's what felt like built our our trust when we were pitching. Yeah, one thing I believe is huge is really talking to the pitcher during the pregame warmups, especially say in a showcase. Because obviously, you know, you're, you're not going to know everybody in the team. You know, the pitcher might be the first time you're catching them. So that communication before the game is as important as the communication during the game. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's a good and great, great, very great, great tip. Especially if you're, you're like, let's say you're at a combine or if you're at a tryout or if you're at a, an event, camp event, and you're doing, you know, a tournament. If you meet new people, it's definitely going to be different. So I like that. I like, you know, making sure that you're communicating with your catcher or your pitcher before you even start the game and while you're warming up and stuff. So that way you can solidify that relationship and create some some trust going into the yeah. into the game. What I like to do is ask my pitcher questions, say, you know, what's your go-to pitch O2? What's usually working? How does your slider, how, what's, how does your, slang, uh, your slider bite? You know, is your, is your curveball more 12-6 or, or, or is it more like a slurve? Questions like that because then I know w- what he's comfortable throwing and what counts. And that also gives you the ability to know what to expect too, right? Yeah, it helps, it helps me know that, say, if he shakes me off on one pitch, I know straight to go, I know this, the pitch I should go to next because I know that's the pitch he's going to want. Got it, got it. That's a good point. Uh, and when when a pitcher takes off a catcher, does that create any friction, or do you think that that's totally fine? Like, what what are your what are your opinion yeah. on that? I'm okay with you shaking me off because I know like you're still thinking too about what to do, and you're you're the one throwing the ball. So I'm okay with you shaking me off, but don't like like constantly doing it but then i you, you shake off a slider and then you and then say next at bat i call a fastball and you throw a slider because you don't feel like shaking me off that's happened to me before a lot oh shoot really yeah it's it's happened so not only are they shaking you off but then they're not pitching the pitch that you call this happened to you before yes dang man that's not that's like a legit no go don't do that as a pitcher, you definitely don't want to do that because when you do that, you start to make the catcher now not even care about making the call. He's just going to be like, okay, whatever you want to throw. But then that yeah. makes it hard on you because now 
you know, you could be thinking, oh, it's a fastball high, but then it's a curveball, and then you're standing up to catch the high fastball, and then you're like, oh, curveball, dirt. Yeah, and then you're like, so then it throws you off. Then not only that, but now you can't do your job, which is to frame the the ball to make it where it looks like a strike. Yeah, that's that's time before it's rough, especially because you're expecting a slider, and then he guns one uh, down the middle, and you're all caught off guard. Yeah, no, that that that's not good uh, partnership there. Yeah, it definitely isn't. I mean, it, it's happened before, not often, but I also get get some pitchers where you'll call timeout, start walking up to the mound, and all of a sudden, you know, like the, they'll be like, no, no, I'm okay, I'm okay. I get that too, but. It also depends on the pitch, because if you trust the pitcher and you know he lets you know he's okay, he doesn't need to you know talk right now. He's okay, then yeah, I get that. But you know, if I'm going coming out there to talk to you, sometimes maybe I need the break. Yeah, I get you. Okay, now I never thought of that, by the way. If, if I'm being yeah. honest with you, so so it's more sometimes you just want to call like a timeout just for yourself. Yeah, that's happened before. You know, you're not catching. You know, two games back to back, and all of a sudden, you know, you need 15 seconds, 20 seconds, go talk to the pitcher. Right, I've had some, I've had some pitchers, you know, tell me to go back to the plate, and I'm like, no, I I want to talk to myself and understand you more too. Okay, and I can see how, in a in a pitcher's point of view, you're kind of ruining the rhythm for them in some shape, way, form, and they're now getting in their head and stuff, but. At the end of the day, I could see why it's important to also let you get some rest. Like, you're doing a hard job back there, so I totally see that. Yeah, but you also, you can't do it with everyone. You, you A lot of the times you do that with the pitcher, you know, you've known already. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same thing, like, when the pitcher, you know, is not, like, they're not even, they're kicking off every pitch or every single inning they end up, pitting, you know, taking off. They're like, nah, I don't want to throw that curve. I want to throw a fastball and then do the same thing over and over again. Eventually, you you just get ticked off and you're like, you you don't trust me. And that I feel like that could be an indicator of when they're like breaking their trust with their their catcher, right? Yeah, I I, I believe that too because if I'm okay with you shaking me off, but don't continuously do it to the point where it feels like I'm not even calling my game. Yeah. So so. Growing up for me, I was I was the one that followed what the, the catcher said, but the catcher also did what the coach said to do. So, in your experience so far, are you calling the, the shots, or is your coach calling the shots, or is it kind of a combination of, of both? For right now, like this past season, I, I did mainly all the calling, unless my coach has something in mind. But in previous years, like when I was 12, 12 years old, I, a lot of times it, it was the coach because they want us to say, pick up on like what the coach is thinking. So then when we do call our own games, we, we have a plan in mind. Got it. Got it. So, for example, like let's say there's a man on second. You got a 3-2 count, two out. You know, you're thinking about that. You know that your pitcher got a good curve, he's got a fastball. Now, what are some additional stuff that you're going to pay attention to? Uh, I'm going to pay attention to the inning, too, because if it's earlier on in the game, 
you know, I, I'm, I might be okay with letting him off, like, especially if he's a power hitter, too, depending on the hitter, because I might throw a fastball high just to have him chase, even on 3-2, because you have an open base. Got it. It also depends on the score, too, because if it's, you have a big lead, then you're okay with doing that. But if you don't, you know, you're trying to play catch-up, then you might want to limit the amount of runners on base. Yeah, and then not only that, but I would I would personally also factor in what has they like you said have they chased that high fastball? Have they is the, the because now the two strike or the curveball have they chased the curveball? Um, I, I, I I see it a lot where kids are antsy with two strikes or just how they were their previous at bat they didn't handle with two strikes very well where I might pump one right past them because their their nerves are on them just to blow one right past them. Yeah, I'd like to do that too. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that comes down to the trust between the catcher and the pitcher too. And I think it's important that the catcher and the pitcher they communicate about that. Like, hey, did you, you know, next at bat when number, you know, what number that guy was? Let's make sure that we do the high fastball to see if he chases it on the first pitch. Yeah, to get good. ahead. If, if he chases it, then. That you know, like that, that's his pitch that he has a hard time with, or that's a pitch he's not seeing well, or a pitch that he just can't resist, you know, swinging at. And you know, it's a ball, but and it's gonna be most likely a pop fly or a grounder because they're swinging yeah, at a will. high pitch. Yep, that's true. So, I I'm really I'm so glad that we're talking about this because this is good content and good information to to really talk about. I think what. What I'd love to ask you now is what are some things that I can personally do as a pitcher and those who are listening at our pitcher, what can we do to, to build a better relationship with the catcher? I think it goes both ways with talking before the game. I mean, like, if you have a question for your catcher, ask them. And uh, you need to also trust your catcher, whether even though you may have friction with the friction with the catcher or vice versa you need to you need to also realize that you're not going anywhere you're, you're, you're still playing a six inning game you need to work you need to work with the catcher and not only that but you both have the same goal exactly which is to win the game <laughs> exactly so while you're in the game you may have differences off the field but there's not there's no differences in during the game you both have the same goal Exactly. And so I, I want to dive into a little bit about what I do sometimes for my catchers to, to solidify more of a relationship, which one, I, I bring a Gatorade for my guy. I bring him a Gatorade and bring him a snack or something for in between, you know, inning. I, you know, I take time during the week just to ask them like, hey, how's your week been? Just to solidify more of a relationship, because when you do that, there's more trust, there's more communication, there's more connection. And not only that, but you can also tell when, uh, like when I talk to my guy and he tells me like, you know, mid, mid week, he's, uh, he's like, I'm very sore, like his legs are tired or whatever. Then I know that going into the game, I, I, I when he asked for that timeout, like you were talking about, I, I'm yeah. more than willing to see, you know, hey, when you need a second, just call timeout and we'll we'll take a minute. Yeah. Or also, if you notice, say the pitcher left the game with a little soreness, the day after you might want to leave him a text, say, 
hey, you know, how's your arm? I know you left the game um, a little sore yesterday, or how are you doing? That just shows that you, you care about the pitcher and you're also willing to put in the extra effort to make sure he's okay. Yeah, and and that that will solidify a better relationship off the field. Because let yeah, me, let's be honest, cool. if you have a bad relationship with someone off the field, you're going to have a highly, highly, highly hard time dealing with and creating an environment as a catcher and pitcher to be able to perform your best. Yeah, it will because you you have that in the back of your mind that you don't you already don't like him or you already you guys don't click well. So so what are some things that you think like what have you so we talked about how, you know, when a pitcher is pitching not what you call, which you know throws you off and ticks you off. What are some other things that pitchers do? Um like maybe even warm up or in between any uh, warm-ups, or maybe even, you know, when you're getting ready. Yeah, I've, I've seen it before before the game, where before we're throwing, he might want time by himself to do his own thing, stretching-wise, or his own thing, which then that means I just have to, you know, you know, work with him and, and just warm up with him. Is there anything that a pitcher does during warm-up that you know, makes it very difficult to deal with? I don't think it makes it difficult because I think I've gotten used to it. But I, I tend to get a lot of pitchers, you know, to take their time, their warm-ups. But I'm okay with it because, I mean, you don't want to get hurt. It's all you're stretching your arm out, making sure it's okay. It is what it is. You know, that's really something you have to get used to. So you're saying, like, the, the how long they take to, to warm up? Yeah, which I'm completely okay with that. A lot of the time, pitchers like to do their own thing set apart from just warming up with the catcher. Gotcha. Whether it's bands or whether it's just stretching out. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So, it's, it's, it's more of a thing of, like, they're taking a while to get to the point where they start throwing with you. Yeah, yeah, but I completely understand that. And honestly, that's a perfect time to talk to them. Yeah, there you go. So I like that. I like that. So it used to be something that you're like, like, dude, come on. Like, I want to get ready and be and get going already. But now you're you're like, hey, this is actually an opportunity where I can communicate with them and get to know them more and all and or see how they're feeling before the game starts. And even before we even start warming up. Yeah, that's that's a great time because while he's say stretch chesting out with bands or whatever that's a perfect time to ask him because he's seeing how his arm feels then i love it i love it that's awesome yeah no i'm definitely gonna do that in the future just talk to him to to my catchers and just you know solidify that hey you know my maybe it's even my trunk or whatever and i think that's one of the things that i tell my catchers too before we even start when we warm up i actually tell them that i have a process i do i do Five, five throws from knees. I throw five throws from the split. Then I do five throws hip leading drill. Then I do five throws of crossover, and then I do five um, uh, stepping throws. And then I'll go to the mound and actually throw. So for yeah, for me that's like my my process of what helps me get ready to actually be able to do it. And then not only that, but then after I pitch to you five times. I usually will do fastball, fastball, curve, curve, fastball, and then change up, and then fastball, and then I want to do a long toss. 
Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm sure that say the catch doesn't work with you for already weeks and months. Is gonna pick up on so pick up pick up on that and notice it, and then he already knows what to expect going to work with you, your pregame warmups, and what you do before a game. Yeah, and I think it would be different too if 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 you're working with someone that's new. So me as a pitcher, should I communicate that to a new catcher? Like, hey, this is my warm up routine. Do you want to catch with me, or do you want to wait until I have I need to go into bullpen? Yeah, I see that. And also, especially if it's a kid that's joining your team and you're going to be working with him the whole entire season, that's a good thing to right off the bat know because you're going to be working with him. So know it from the start. Okay. Okay. Because I did not do that last game. Last game, I kind of just went into my routine and then just did it with him. Yeah. I mean, it also also depends on how much time you have before the game, you know, because a lot of times you you may show up and say, you know, the umpires may be running late, you have extra time, or you'll only have, say, 45, 30 minutes to do whatever you have to do. Got it. Got it. And that that's where pitchers and catchers got to, you know, understand, too. Like, hey, we can't we can't do our whole long routine. And that I think that comes down to the importance of, you know, why I personally always tell people, you got to have three different types of warm-ups. One that you have for quick... Um, Quick warm up for 10, 15 minutes in between inning kind of warm up, or and or you know you're getting to the game late uh, because of the bus, or maybe you you get there and the other game is doing longer, so you have to wait to get on the field to warm up and stuff. Yeah, I, Those I, things never happen. About I like that. I like that a lot. So you got to have three different types of warm up. So for me, I have a 10 minute warm up system that I do. I have a 20-minute warm-up system that I have, and then I have a half-hour, 45-minute warm-up that I do. Yeah, and I like that a lot. Yeah. So, and and most of it is just quantity. So, my quick, like, go-to, the one that I like to do the most because I can relax after a little bit before I go onto the mound, is doing a five, 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 five. I literally just do five throws at each of those segments that I do. And then I do five pitches, and then we take a little second break and talk about how the movement is. What is it looking like? Am I having my two seam? Is it moving away or is it straight? And just having that conversation, and then do five more, and then I'm done. So that's my like go to. It's about 15, 20 minute um, warm up. Yeah. Also knowing like, say, if you have a lot of time, you start warming up too early. You don't want to have that 20-minute period where you're just sitting around doing nothing. You also need to know, like, say, if you have an hour and maybe it takes you 30 minutes to warm up, take a little bit of time before the game. Have to take the half an hour to talk to the catcher before you actually start warming up. Yeah, so take fi- like take ten, take 15 minutes before, and then do the half hour, and then you know do 15 minutes, five minutes to go to the restroom or whatever, and then 10 minutes connecting with the team before the game starts. Yeah, exactly. You need to know how much time you have, not only with the pitch, but the team, too. I like that. Yeah, because you want to still build a relationship with the team, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I've seen where the relationship... So, let's dive into that, too. I I think that would be... Let's end with that, um, which is the relationship between catcher, pitcher, and their fielders, the defense. 
You know, yeah, like, the, like trusting your shortstop or second base to be at the back when you need them to be, let's say on a, like on a back pick or just yeah. throwing down. Yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that we have to you know discuss with first baseman, second baseman, third. You know, definitely have to talk to them about picking off, and you know, the catcher got to have a relationship with the pitcher to connect with the infielders. Like, hey, this is my signal that he's gonna pick off. Pay attention. Yeah. Also, like, say if it's like first and third, you know how like a lot of teams either won't throw down or they'll yeah yeah through that they'll type do, of thing. They'll yeah fake it or whatever. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the, uh, like the shorts that I work, I work with, I give them a heads up that if that runner on third isn't breaking or if he's staying back, I might just go straight through and be ready for it. Got it. Like, does your team have signals that you have you give them? Um, my team has signals, and but it's more like within the players. But a lot of times, it also depends on like the moment, meaning. Say my coach calls straight through to to uh, throw the guy out, and all of a sudden you see the guy from third breaking right off the bat. Then then you know to hold off and charge uh, charge at him again for the rundown. So you can't just like go through with the play, but say something different might happen that you weren't expecting. Okay, so but then how did how did your coach feel when you don't do that? My coach is, is fine because he understands the situation. But my coach usually has his, uh, like, for catchers, has, like, make up our own decision on what to do in that scenario. Got it. Got it. Got it. So, it, and that's the solidification of that relationship with you and the coach, right? Yeah, that does too, yeah. So, and, I, I like that. Yeah, my team also, last, last, uh, last summer, we, I remember us doing workouts where we would have, the coach would tell the runner on third to do something different, whether to stop halfway or to stay, stay at the bag or to just go straight through from third. Yeah. So it creates a scenario in the catcher's head to know what to do in, in that situation. So we already have it locked down, what to do, when to do it. Yeah, and I've seen where even where the offensive team is saying first and third, right? And they'll make the first base runner go to the middle and just wait there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and that's like the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life, but it worked almost all the time. Yeah, because a lot of time the catcher freezes and he doesn't know what what to do with the ball. Yeah, and so either, you know, and at the end of the day, sure, for the most part, first baseman to second is gonna get gonna get that base. Yeah, a lot of the time he will because you don't want to give it the run. But that's when you also need to know the score. If you're up by eight, and the situation. Yeah, if you're up by eight runs, you want to get that out. Sometimes you're willing to give up that run for an out, but now yeah. if it's a close game, let them take the bag because then you you also got a free free base at first afterwards, and that run stays stays put. Exactly, and I, and I think too that's why it's so important for pitchers and catchers to be aware of what the situation is, because I I see it pretty often where like for example. Um, I had a guy, I had my catcher, he called a fastball inside and there was a man on second and, and third, I mean, sorry, he called a, um, a fastball outside and there was a man on uh, second and third. And I was like, dude, if he gets a hold of that, he can, he can carry it out to the right side and they can score one exactly. two runs. Yeah. Exactly. So then I'm like, I kicked him <laughs> off and, and I was, and he gave me a change up. 
And I was like, but he stayed on the outside corner. Yeah, no, like, no, 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 no. I, and so then I called timeout and I was like, hey, you know, there's only there's only one out. There's a man on second and third. And we don't want to pitch it outside because if we do that, then he could possibly, you know, drive it out to the right side for a, for a yeah. run or two. So let's try to jam him on the inside with a curveball or a fastball. And then he's like, okay, that makes sense. Also, so, the, depending on the hitter, you might want to say, is your the three, four hitter? You might, because you have an open base, you might want to uh, maybe work around him or do something like that. Or you could also jam him in and try to get, keep the runner put at third. Say, ground ball to third base, keep their ground ball to third base, and just keep the runner put and get the out at first. Yeah. So it, it all depends on the inning, score, outs, the batter everything and it's pitch by pitch too right yeah it is it, it definitely is pitch by pitch because if you just jammed him in two pitches before that you try to go going again he might be expecting it or he might be ready who knows yeah i i love this conversation i'm so glad that we got yeah. the opportunity to talk man this is this is like real stuff too it's not like oh yeah you know this is this no this is like real stuff yeah. real conversation i like it um and so, you know, let's let's end on the, the three questions that I have from my hot community, and and let's go into that because I think we I really hope that this podcast has really helped a lot of people so far. And so, before we get into the three questions, I want you to go ahead and share where can people find you. People can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm I'm starting to grow on TikTok, but mainly just Instagram. Man, for right now, it's mainly Instagram. What What's your tag? Uh, Soto Baseball 11. Soto Baseball 11. Yes. Alrighty, guys. So you heard him in Soto Baseball 11. And go to my Instagram account, at Drexel.Smith, to be able to ask any questions. Especially, I will ask uh, you guys if you have any questions for my podcast for people who I'm interviewing. So such as him today, I actually have three questions that my hawk community app and i'm looking forward to asking you shoto you ready yep thank you all righty so the first one that i received was should i get my catcher like snacks and and drink before the game does that help you know <laughs> you know get <laughs> i like get, that does like that, that help me and the catcher you know not have such a hatred between each other or anything <laughs> I don't know if it'll take away the hatred, but I definitely, it's cool. You know, that, that forms a, a more relaxed relationship with, with the pitcher and catcher, but I like that. Yeah. So you would say, yeah? Yeah. I like that. Okay. But it also works, it also works vice versa. Like you, you helping your pitcher too. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Bring me some, some peanuts and, and Cracker Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. The second question that I have for you, man, is that they were asking, you know, I had a quite a few people who asked, when it comes down to the to the pitch, have you ever experienced as a catcher, you know, you make the call and it ends up being the home run score to win the game? How, how do you get over that thought going into the future games and or... How do you move forward to the next inning to try to come back from that? 
I think you gotta put it behind you because it might be you might put in the, the that scenario the next game, and that pitch might be the right pitch to do in that scenario. So you might you must say if you call a fastball uh, outside, and he ended up hitting a home run for win the game. That next game, that fastball outside may might be the pitch that could win you the game. So don't put that game behind you. It's a different game, different batter. So don't think that you know you calling another fastball outside could hurt you in this game too. I mean, it could, it couldn't. You also need to understand the pitch she threw before and also the scenario. Exactly. And I would also want to add in there, like, you have to play this game in the present. You have to play it one pitch at a time. Yeah, and yep. and, it, and it's very, like, Coach Justin, uh, Time Baseball, he actually just talked about it last podcast, how this game is always about the net. The net, the net. It's not about what happened already. You got to forget the last pitch and focus on the next one. And I think that goes for everybody. That's not just, you know, pitchers and catchers. That's for everybody that's fielding. You know, you're field, you missed the field goal. You missed the fielding position. You let it go in between your legs or whatever. And then you just have to let it go. You have to be ready for the next pitch because. It, you could get another hit right back at you, and you can make a double play out of this situation. But yeah, only I, if you let it go. I think that goes for the coach, too. Say he, he pulled the guy earlier than he should have, and then that, that guy gave up the, the run or things like that. You, the, pit, the coach also has to put that behind his back, too. I agree. I agree with you because I have seen where, you know, I, I honestly do not like when a coach – and you can, you can back me or disagree with me on this. Yeah. I do not like when a coach – come to you and they say um why why did you miss that or you know they ask questions or they direct you during a game i'm like we're in a game like let me forget about that whole situation or what happened and focus on the next one yeah i also don't like coaches say if a pitcher's missing his spots i don't like him when the coach yells at the pitcher because he's trying to he's trying it's not like he's purposely throwing balls it's yelling at him is not going to make it better (laughs) <laughs> no, it won't. In fact, it might even make it worse because it they don't feel like that the coach trusted them. Yeah, and they already have pressure on their back from the game. They don't need it from the coach, too. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree. All right, man. So this is the last question before we end the podcast. Uh, All right. And before I do, I, I just want to say thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time yeah, out of, of your day to do this podcast to yep. impact others and help me out and help other kids in our hawk community. Of course. So the last question is, how does it feel when you get that last one, two, three strike out pitch? Honestly, that's a huge confidence booster for the pitcher and some chemistry between you and the pitcher. That's huge. Like, especially if you end the game on that or say it was a really rough game beforehand and you... Uh, bang it out one, two, three. That really brings up the pitcher's confidence up, and then it's a big, it's a big help. Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I think, I think the best, it's almost one of the biggest and best thing that you could do as a pitcher and catcher. It's like, yeah, sure, you know, getting a, you know, they always say the best um, inning for a pitcher is one, two, three pitch, and all of them get hit. No, not always. And, and, well, I mean, all of them get hit and four and out. Yeah, so it's yeah, one, two, right. three pitches and you know, three, three outs. You know, that that's the quick, fast inning and like it's over. And and I have to disagree 
if I if I did that, honestly, I don't know if I would be as uh, happy and excited for the next inning if I did a one, two, three strikeout with my catcher. Yeah, I agree because that you really spend time on like each at bat and you, those three batters you really you really executed them well. So it's best it's, except like say if you're doing that, uh, you said the uh, three hit out. That's what you said? Yeah, yeah. Versus that, it's more quick. It was just a quick inning. That honestly, I think that could. That goes both ways. It could help the pitcher if he threw a lot of, a lot of uh, pitches. That, like the last thing, saved the thirty-five pitches that inning. Next inning, it's one, two, three. I think that could help him in that sense. Yeah. But I, I think that if the pitcher's feeling great, that one, two, three strikeout, huge for the rest of the game, or huge for the next next game coming up, especially if you ended ended with that. And not only that, but if you think about it, like you could. As a pitcher, even if they hit one, two, three, let's say they hit a nine drive to center field and it was beautiful and it looked like he could have gotten a triple if my center fielder wasn't as fast as he was to go get the ball. And like yeah. just more hits like that that happen over time. You know, if you keep doing that or, you know, you have innings where they don't strike out anyone, but then they get the one, two, three out, you know, no one gets on base, but they keep on hitting on you. I feel like that still mentally, I would say, like messes with your head as a pitcher because you're yeah. thinking, oh, they're, they're hitting off of me. Like, I'm not I, sure. I, like, granted, you might be executing the pitch and yeah, they're but, hitting, but, yeah, when, sure. but when it comes down to it, you want to execute to the point that you're leading to a strikeout. Yeah, I used to pitch too, so I understand where you're coming from, where you'll get that fly ball. Right over the center field of the pen, you're thinking it's gone, you're thinking it's gonna drop, and all of a sudden he he catches the ball. You're really ecstatic that he caught the ball, but at the same time you're kind of like, damn, that that could have gone bad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah, no. So guys, I hope that this podcast was really impactful for you. That you got to learn, grow with me. Uh, like I always tell you guys, I'm not better than you. I'm learning with you. Let's dominate life and baseball together. Thank you, Christian Soto, for joining in today. I Lord, was, thank I, you. It was a great conversation with you, man. I hope that this podcast does impact some of you guys. And please leave uh, a review, an honest review, even if it's a one-star review because you didn't like it or a five-star review because you loved it. I really appreciate you to give me feedback. Because the only way I can grow and this podcast can grow is if we get that feedback and acknowledgement of what we need to do in order to get better. So thank you again, Toto. I hope that you have a fantastic day. God bless you, brother. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Have a good one, you guys. God bless. Thank you.